Blog Talk Radio. I do what I need to do 
necessarily wait to get approval. Um, I will say I do know the difference between you know what needs to be approved and what doesn't need to be approved. And when it's mm-hmm. something that I just call an audible, it's live radio, and I decide, you know, I want to start with this song, I kind of just do it. Okay. Oh, you you have some issues with last week's show, T. Let me let me let's let's change that word. I don't have issues with last week's show. First and foremost, me address the most important person. I want to personally apologize to my Shelly for missing another opportunity to talk with her, and I didn't get to go out to her album listening party that Sunday. So I apologize to her on Twitter, but I wanted to, you know, put it on the, the show so that it's on air and it's recorded and everybody can hear it. Apologize to Shelly. Her, her music was real serious. Right. So I'm going to go back and listen to the show. And yes, that does imply that I didn't listen to the entire show. Let me tell you why I have not yet listened to the entire show. <laughs> the first part is because I am a diligent college student trying to graduate and I had to study for a sociology final. So I stopped listening halfway through the show. I was also inspired to stop listening to the show by the cute man, Sister Sweet, and the man that I will no longer be referring to as Uncle Ray, (laughs) Ray Farrell. Now, why do I feel this way, listeners? You might be asking, because I'm no longer addressing cute right now. If you listen to last week's show, the show starts off like a normal show, and it seems okay until Q decides to tell you all that he did the show when he was taking his finals, but he is a different kind of man with uh, absolute brain power and all this other mumbo-jumbo nonsense. <laughs> taking indirect shots at me because I needed some extra time to do what I needed to do and get ready for my final. That's my issue with you, man. My issue with Sister Sleep, my homegirl, my, my road dog, who who I spend the most of my, if I wait to get correspondence from anybody other than the CEO, this Sister Sleep, I will not do something until she responds to a text message. Throws me completely under the bus when the CEO says that he never signed on to be called Uncle Ray. Yeah, yeah, that's a T-Mitch thing. Just going to throw me right under the bus. So we 0 for 2. 0 for 2. And then, I I don't think my beef is necessarily with Mr. Pharrell. The uncle thing was never about age or anything like that. It just felt like you and I were doing this this kind of thing that that isn't really being done anywhere else and I kind of in my own mind related that to to Def Jam Jam, Def Comedy Jam and then and then Ray would come on at the end you know back when we were doing the show initially Ray would come on at the end of the show he would say he's patented four or five lines unless he was telling us about a brunch that was coming up he thanked the artist he thanked us he made he asked everybody to tune in next week and then he would throw back the Q&Q would end the show that, to me, was like Russell Simmons, the way he used to end Death Comedy Jam. People refer to Russell Simmons as Uncle Russ. I referred to him as Uncle Ray. Now, it was never an age thing. But just the way that whole interaction went down, I was inspired to go study a little bit earlier than I planned to. T-Mitch, don't you think you're reading into this? I definitely think I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but that's how I'm, that's how I was feeling in the moment and I just wanted to get my feelings out I don't think anybody meant any anything I don't think anybody meant anything negative or any harm to be done I know that we all got love for each other I get it Sister Sweet has been trying to type in the chat room for the last five minutes since I started ranting I don't I didn't, I don't think anything negative of it I'm really just saying it in jest you know when I'm away I am still listening I still hear everything you know, you're not fair, man. You make fun of me when I get ruffled. What do we have to coddle you when yours are rough? I don't know what you're talking about. When your feathers get ruffled, you you don't handle it the way I handle it. See how I came on air and just we just addressed it in in jest and in good humor. We're addressing it. You come on air and conspiracy theories 
and they really are aliens, and nobody ever wants to do anything <laughs> Q wants to do. <laughs> you, you take a whole nother approach. I'm, I'm doing it in chest. I listened to the show. I think y'all did a great job without me there. I even joked with Sister Sweet and said, you know what? Y'all did such a great job. I might as well just plan my vacation. Oh, man. I, so, I don't know if it was that great, but, you know, we helped it. We tried to hold it down while you were, you know, doing your study thing. I think y'all did an amazing job. I was I was very I was very impressed. From what I heard, I will go back and listen to the rest of the show. Cool. But in the meantime, well, like we normally do, you what's going on with you? It's been, I haven't spoken to you in about two weeks. No, you haven't. And this is the last time I can say this, so I'm going to say it. I am a college graduate, and you're not. Okay, I had to get that out. So childish. How was your week? <laughs> hey, man, I'm having a pretty good week right now, sir. That's okay. good. I'm ex. Okay. You, you know, Mother's Day came. I hooked mom up with a cake from the life. I was thinking of them the other week You had mentioned the life creations In about a month Yeah man, today's my uncle's birthday He never listens to the show but I say happy birthday to Uncle Dwayne anyway Okay He, he is old as hell, he's 48 <laughs> You know On this morning there was some vultures Circle head but, you know, Ridiculous Brother's hanging up there man that's good. I had a real good week. Got to spend time with with family. You know, Mother's Day is kind of tough right now, but I got to spend Mother's Day with my other mother. Um, shout out to... I'm going to say this proper, even though I don't know if she'll like it or not. It's not what I call her. I call her mom, but um, it's Alfreda Spence, um, who was very, very instrumental in me not completely losing it this past weekend. As um, everybody knows, I lost my mother. Last year, so it was the first Mother's Day. So, you know, I went to, went to church with her and, and, and her kids, and, and we had a good time. And then we watched The Hunger Games and Argo. It was just a really, really good weekend. What's up, man? And, and you know what? For some reason, family gave my grandpa the inch smart TV. I understand why. What? Yeah, that sounds a little weird. Weird, but you know what? She's sitting in the living room watching it right now, and not listening to the Neo Soul show. No, she's watching CSI. She she's watching Ted Danson right. Well, before we get into everything else, quick update: Memphis is up on Oklahoma City, thirty-eight to thirty-five, and Miami took care of the Bulls. What are your thoughts? Unfortunately, there's no one to stop the Miami Bulls. Gonna have to watch them win again. And anybody that saw Dwayne Wade suit a couple of days ago should be offended if they win that championship. <laughs> the Capri's thing was just that was, that was a little too much. Why? I, mean, I, think, I, I think I think I think NBA players are beginning to take fashion a little too far. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll bet Jason Collins loves it. Okay, I was the only one. All right, I'm sorry. All right, I'm sorry. You haven't been in two weeks. You knew I had to let one off. I apologize, everyone. All right, just I'm gonna get a. And on that note, I now feel like I'm back. You lost like You did it on purpose. You right. That was a good one. That was an alley oop right there. We gotta get back into the music for a little bit. Again, tonight is the Wednesday Rewind. Tonight we'll be spotlighting Sam Cooke. We're awaiting the arrival of the Chancellor of Soul, Mike Bone. And the way this normally will work is, you know, Q will get on. Q will tell Mike I know nothing about the person we're spotlighting. And tonight he'll be right. So I'll be doing a lot of learning as well as uh, I know a lot of our listeners will be learning. So... Yes, we Mark, already played. What's up? I don't know anything about Sam Cook. Thank God. I mean, this, this will actually be a very good conversation. Yes, well, you got me tonight, bro. I don't know. So we started. So we started the show with a change is gonna come. We're going to get into bring it on home to me 
and Chain Gang from the legendary Sam Cooke and the All Soul Show. Working on the chain, Jane. 
High syndrome that I have that I don't talk about. Okay. So how about without without further ado, since you don't know anything <laughs> and there won't be any shots taken at me for being too young to know, why don't we just go ahead and bring bring Mr. Bone on and <laughs> and, and learn a little bit about Sam? Why not? <laughs> Mike, we got you on the line. Yes. How are you, gentlemen? Good evening. Oh, no. Everything is great. How about you guys? How y'all doing? Hey, hanging in there, man. You're gonna dominate tonight. You're gonna dominate the conversation. <laughs> um, uh, I'll do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, know. I don't know, Sam. Either. I'm surprised. I, After well, I'm surprised. <laughs> well. We open the show with a change is gonna is gonna come because that is the that is my extent of Sam Cook. Like I know the name, but that's that's how I know Sam Cook. So I wanted to start that right out from the gate so that it's out there. Q and I are not as versed on this artist, but it's one of the reasons why this is this is what we do on the Wednesday rewind. Right. Right. Absolutely. First of all, it was great to open up with that show because, I mean, with that song because um, it's becoming significance in this generation now that everybody is now realizing how great that song and how important that song is, that particular song. Plus, it has something to do with the civil rights movement that happened in the 60s, the early 60s. And, um, you know, Sam basically uh, wrote that song he was inspired it was two reasons why he was inspired to write that song number one um he was he used to travel in the south you know uh with performers black performers and in those days the the, the chitlin thing called the chitlin circuit which means you just did uh regional black theaters only you know what i mean and then there was occasional theaters that featured you know black and white um uh, spectators, in other words, uh, audience, but they was you know segregated. So all these years, Sam did these shows. He had to do them. You know, they asked him to do it segregated. Say, well, Sam, you have to perform uh, an hour for the for the black people, and then you're going to have to perform another hour for the white people. Mm-hmm. So, so Sam was like, oh no, we're not. I'm not performing for. I'm not going to separate. You know, uh, my performances for either or they 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 come together. Or I don't perform at all, you know. And so this is what black performers had to put up with all these years back then. You know, wow. everything facilities was segregated. Uh, you know, a lot of them couldn't even eat in restaurants. You know, they were humiliated. You know, I mean, like all I mean, not just you know black performers, but black people. Period in the South. You know, and even up here in North. So, you know, when the 60s came, and this is how important it is because it was a new decade, we had a new young president, and young people were basically changing the world. They were tired. They weren't, they didn't want to go through what their parents went through. So basically they had sit-ins and so forth, and this is what Sam was saying, a change is going to come. That's basically what the title is really representing. And now like I can say I get back to how he got inspired to write that song. He was in... Duringham, North Carolina, and uh, he was having uh, a conversation with sitting students. Speaking of sitting students, and um, they were sitting in these, you know, these these luncheons at restaurants because they were refused refused to uh, be served. So then Sam got really inspired. Said, "Well, you mean to tell me that this is still going on after you know you figured that um, <clears throat> some laws were passed and some weren't? This is still going on, you know." So that inspired him, and then there was another gentleman that inspired Sam to write this song was Bob Dylan, 
who wrote right. a famous song called Blowing in the Wind, which dealt with the civil rights, which was a very powerful song um, in 63. He had it on his album called The Free Will and Bob Dylan album. And they had, you know, it became an anthem for the civil rights. So Peter, Paul, and Mary, I'm gonna, I don't know if you guys heard of them, famous, famous folk singers, they yeah. made a number one hit out of it. So it became an anthem. And so it became a huge, big song. So powerful as that song was, Sam was like, well, wait a minute. Here it is, a young Jewish boy is writing about my life, and I've experienced it. Uh, you know what I mean? So I should be writing something about my experience. So he told his partner, J.W. Alexander, who he was in um, partners with when he owned his, he had CAG's uh, cattle that I was Sam's publishing. And uh, Sam was one of the first black people also to own his own publishing. So that's another plus, too. That was really a no-no in those days. You know, a, a black man owning his own publishing, music publishing, no-no. You know, especially when the mafia <clears throat> was a part of that and had some dealings with it saying that we, if you sign this contract, we get your publishings. That was the key. You know, to uh, getting you know uh, future royalties and so forth. So he told his partner. He said, "Hey, man, I need to write a song. So if a white boy can write a song like this, then I need to I need to get on the ball here." So then that's when he he went home and he wrote this song, and he presented it to JW. He played it for him. He had it all orchestrated. It was a guy named Renee Hall. He did the orchestration. Uh, it was the most haunting piece of music. I, that I that anybody back then has ever listened to it. Even Bobby Womack, I know mean, you're familiar with him. Yeah, who was, um, you know, who got Sam? I mean, who got uh, him and his brother started as the Valentin, uh, Valentinos? Um, he played it for Bobby. Bobby said, "Man, that sounds like death. It's eerie." <laughs> you know what I mean? He said, "Man, that, that it's, it's spooky." You know, it has an eerie feel to it, and that's what Sam wanted. You know, basically the music. That's why the genius of Renee Hall came in and he made that whole orchestration, you know. So, yeah, um, change is going to come, you know, has grown over the years to become an anthem now. Now you hear it on American Idol. You hear it on X Factor. You hear it. People are singing it now. <clears throat> and so many covers yeah. have been made, you know, with that song. So, yeah, that that that, that was great to open up that um, the show with that song. And then you added another song, Chain Gang. Yes. And Sam had been inspired to write that because him and Jackie Wilson were on the road. And while they were in the car, they saw this these, this group of men who were chained together, busting rocks with hammers. So, And they were singing along, you know, just trying to pass the time along. That's just what they used to do even as railroad workers. They would just sing a song and just, you know, pass time like the slaves did. <clears throat> so then Sam got inspired to write That's the sound of the man working on the chain gang You know, and then he just came up with these lyrics And the rumor has it that Jackie was like uh, Helped him write that song But he didn't get um, our writer's co- or co-writer credit with it <clears throat> But that's what it was oh. so, Yeah. Wow So yep, but but Sam is, a, is one of the greatest even not one of the most influential artists of, of all time, because so many people have been influenced by him. Al Green and <clears throat> Bobby Womack. I mean, the list is just too long. It really is too long. Wow. So, what's your favorite one? Wow. <laughs> wow. You know I ask you this every week. Yes, I know. I've had to tell you the one that's been playing in my iPod a lot is Good Times. That that that's the one I've been playing a lot. My, yeah. That's one of my favorites by him. It has like a nice Caribbean feel to it and it's just something about that is grabs grabs me. So I've been playing it mm-hmm. a lot, you know. Good times. I would say that. Right now, <laughs> compared to the whole, to the whole Sam Cooke catalog. <laughs> so, were there any major? Uh, do you have any major controversies like some of the other people that we've talked about in, on past shows? Uh, you mean like how? I'm sorry. You know, uh, demons, so to speak. Well, uh, 
demons. Well, I mean, you know, only well the biggest well the biggest controversy is for is for his, is his murder, how he, how he was murdered. Um, you know, where he was uh well he was murdered in, in December eleventh, sixty four. It was uh Friday night he was murdered at um at one of the sleazy hotels in, in Los Angeles. Um he was at a uh bar and he had met some friends there and he mm-hmm. became attracted to this this woman, uh, sort of like a oriental type woman. Mm-hmm. But basically she was a prostitute. Later we found mm-hmm. out, you know. And um so it went so that he, 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 he you know, he, he met up with her, they had drinks or whatever and he said, Well come on, you know, I'll take you home. So as he's he's driving in his XKE, you know, he just bought the XKE car and uh mm-hmm. he was driving on the road and he took another turn. So the girl said, well, wait a minute. Where are we going? He said, well, I just want to make a stop. Stops at this hotel. And then, you know, I forgot the name of the Hacienda Hotel or something like that. It was a sleazy hotel in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So he uh, took the girl in, registered, and came in. And he went in the room. And, you know, he kissed her and this and that. And she's like, please take me home. He said, look, I'll be back. I'm going in the bathroom. I'll be back in a minute. So Sam had basically had some of his clothes off. She had a sweater off. So mm-hmm. the only way she said she can escape was to take his clothes. And she jumped out of a window, dumped it in a garbage uh, pail, and then called the police and said, you know, i just been kidnapped. You know? Wow. So then Sam Cook comes out in a jacket and underwear, looking for the girl, goes to the, the manager... And bangs on the door and says, look, uh, I know you have the girl in there. Where's the girl? So Bertha Franklin, who was the manager, said, I don't know what you're talking about. And there's no girl in here. So Sam immediately tries to break down the door. He succeeds. He goes in. He just goes in the room, different rooms and and so forth. And then he comes back out. He says, where's the girl? I know you have her here. So the next thing you know, they get the tussling. They're rolling on the ground. And then um, the next thing you know, um, she hits him with a stick, and then he comes, he lungs at her. She hits him again. So then this time she gets out a gun and shoots him in his chest twice. So the last words he says is, lady, you shot me. He couldn't believe that she shot him. So then next thing you know, Sam was dead, and she called the police, and the police came. So... And next thing you know, they took Sam out. They, they, you know, they took her in. They had a court case. You know, it was it was terrible. You know, because now you got mm-hmm. his wife and his wife. You know, um, uh, who actually? <laughs> it's another story. We going all night with this, but uh. I'm gonna shorten this. <laughs> After the uh, court case happened, they ruled her. You know, it was self defense. You know, the mm-hmm. corner, you know, it was just self-defense. So mm-hmm. she got a lot of death threats, though. She got a lot of death threats, you know, because, I mean, this went around the world. Right. So, I mean, after all of this happened, Sam Cook's wife marries Bobby Womack. She <laughs> turned 21, and they get married. So people are like, wait a minute. How in the world are you going to marry Sam Cook's wife and you, you know, and and, and, and they, he just died. It's his woman, you know. But see, Sam and his wife Barbara were having outs anyway. You know, they just, uh, you know, it was just, you know, it was just, he was doing his thing and she did hers. And, you know, they loved each other. But I guess, you know, I can't say anything. I just know what, what I was told. And, you know, and then and, and he, well, Sam was Sam. Sam Cook, mm-hmm. Sam Cook. You know what I mean. He 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 was who he was. So you know, and that's what happened. Bobby had married his wife, and he got a lot of flack. And Bobby's music uh, was tossed in the garbage. He had made music recordings and stuff. And the next thing you know, that's the guy to marry Sam Cook's wife, right? Yeah. Oh no, we're not playing him. Wow. It took years for Bobby to get his recognition. Until like 1970, 71 When he made, you know uh, That's the way I feel about you That was one of his hits So, you know But yeah, for years He had, you know Wilson Pickett recorded his music You know Because nobody else would play Bobby mm. He was thrown in the garbage You know, that's the guy that married Sam Cook's wife After he got killed and murdered 
you know, like weeks after, you know. Oh. She had to wait till he turned 21 for them to get married. How old was she, man? She was ooh, maybe like maybe 10, 15 years, 20 years a senior, something like that, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe 15 years, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Bobby was a kid. You know, he, he, had, he, had, he, had, you know, he had to wait till he turned 21 to get married. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good question, Q. Yeah, man. That, yeah, I that was about really it. something. No, man, that that was really... I didn't know... See, I didn't know that. You know, I know his name and good times, of course, but I didn't know that much about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he... Um, but in spite mm-hmm. of all of the negativity of Sam Cooke... But, I mean, the story now... There was another story where he might have gotten killed because he was the first black man on his publishings, you know, mm. and they may, it might have been a setup also, you know, because a lot of people are not believing that Sam Cooke, Sam Cooke, first of all, was was a very handsome man. He could have had any woman he wanted, which he did. And, you know, it's just they say, well, Sam had money. So why mm. would you go to a sleazy hotel? It does not sound correct. Right. You know, why would you go to where well, you can go in the best hotels in the world, have any woman you want who would throw themselves at Sam because he was so pretty, he was handsome, and he could sing. And, you know, that's a woman's dream, you know, that if they have talents like that, I can get Sam Cook. Hey, you know. So, um, it, it, a lot of people, it just don't sit right. And, it, you know, with the story just does not sit right with people, even after all these years, nearly. 50 years after Sam has been dead, you know. So yeah. Wow. That was another that was that was another thing about uh, another controversy too. They might have gotten killed over his publishings, you know. So who we, 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 I don't know we'll ever know the story, you know. Except what people tell us, you know. Yeah. But he still was the most influential artist there ever was. He was one of the greatest, you know, if not one of the greatest. Um, artist of our time And uh, he has inspired a lot Of people You know too many people That uh, sound that want to be him And sound like him and even write like him Wow Yeah So yeah, yeah Sam was something It's hmm. a tragic story Very Very much so So many of them in that way though Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, that's the whole tragedy of, you know, like a lot of, you know, it, it, unfortunately, even, you know, with Jackie Wilson and all of them, too, you know, it's just that they were great people, but it's just that they have a, seem that they have a price to pay when they reach that type of uh, <clears throat> stardom, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, shooting stardom, <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. Right. No, no pun intended. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Well, I do have I do have a, a question, but uh, lighten the mood a little bit. We're gonna play a couple more songs Great. from Sam Cooke. We're gonna play Wonderful World mm. and You Send Me. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more. I know my favorite part of the Wednesday Rewind, and a couple other people reached out and said their favorite part is also the way Chancellor goes all the way back to the beginning. Because some people just know the artist from the first big hit. Not necessarily where they started, the first group or the struggle before that first hit came. So we'll get a little get into a little bit of that with Sam when we get back. It's the Neil Soul Show. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you And I know that if you love me too What a wonderful world this would be Don't know much about geography Don't know much trigonometry Don't know much about algebra Don't know what a slide rule is for But I do know what it was Be with you. What a wonderful world this would be. Now I don't claim to be an A student, but I'm trying to be 
I didn't know that that was Sam, though. Guys? Yo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just... I I was still... I was still gathering my thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, I was just listening to the song and just, you know, getting into my spirit there, which is always a a thrill to hear Sam here in another world when you listen to that, you know, so... But yeah, that was one of his... That was one of his first secular... Records. Just that was um, that was when he was trying to get into the secular music because he had sang gospel before. You know, he was with the Soul Stirrers, and um, you know he was making gospel music. You know, for a few years at that time, so he made the breakaway of uh, saying, "Well, look, you know, it was as some do his economic, you know, situations there." So he decided to just go to secular, and that was one of the first songs that he wrote. You know, and um, Got with a little label out there in L.A. called King Records, King Records, K-E-E-N. Uh, and, um, you know, 
recorded that song. That wonderful world was recorded there, you know. Uh, another great song. The flip side of that was Summertime, <clears throat> Gershwin's song from Porgy and Bess, which he does a tremendous job on. <clears throat> and um, that was one of his first. That was one of his uh, very first that broke him into the uh, media. Both number one on the soul and pop charts. Wow. I never realized Sam Cooke was this interesting. Mm. And I hear the name all the time because he's one of my mom's favorites. Mm. Now, now I'm going to really get into looking him up. Right, like now it's time to jump on iTunes and and, and find the old music and, and do some research and and really get get get, get more in tune with uh, this man's career. You make life better, Booney. No me? <laughs> oh man, I try. I try. I mean, it's just you know the thing about it is is that um, these people are so you know they were pioneers. They were the ones who created you know the genres of music, especially R and B, which was really R and B had created so much, you know, and it was the seed to a lot of other genres that we listen to today, you know, and. Um, you know, of course, the blues, jazz, you know, <clears throat> you have to talk about them as well. That's seeded into R&B music, you know, uh, doo-wop, of course, you know. So, I mean, you know, to to really look back of the history and where it came from, you have to know your history, you know, of where, to, you know, you have to know what kind of history we've been through to to go to, to go further, I would say, you know. And uh, it's, it's great that um, you guys do these shows, you know, because so many people can learn about what how important these artists are and what they contribute, you know, to the world of music. And the reason why, you know, uh, why do people, you know, like shows like American Idol and, and X Factor feature the music of Sam Cooke and, mm-hmm. get you know, to get these kids to sing, you know, these particular songs to really see and really test how well they're singing is. So, right. you know, we had a question in the chat room. Like, oh. uh, question in the chat room is now: Who are some of the current artists that you feel were influenced by Sam Cooke? Hmm. Um. Wow. Today, I would probably say. Maybe like Alicia Keys, maybe. It doesn't matter, male or female. Um, right. I'd say Alicia Keys. I would definitely say... Um, mm, wow, that's kind of... It's kind of, it's, it's kind of a difficult one. Um, I would have to definitely say... As far as male singers now, maybe like a John Legend... Uh, in that category, um, yeah, I would say John Legend, uh, Alicia Keys, somebody in some somewhere in that in that mode. I would say John Legend, Alicia Keys, um, and it's it's really difficult. Um, some of the neo soul artists, you know, um, I listen to. I mean, some of them I don't really know the name. I'm familiar with the names, but um, you hear the quality of their voices and. and, and how they, you know, interpret a song. It's a lot of Sam Cooke influences in there too. Um, uh, Raphael Sadig, you know, I hear okay. a lot of um, a lot of um, soul, you know, like in, in inter- interpretation in his music, where he's trying to bring back that type of, you know, soul interpretation in his music, you know, in today's standards. So those are the ones I can really think of right now. That's a very good question. Sister Sweet is in the chat room, hoping and praying that you would say Maxwell. He's no, another uh, one. Well, you know, I just look at Maxwell. Well, she said, to, well, whoever. I, I, yeah, definitely Maxwell. Definitely Maxwell. Well, he's more. I just put him more like late '80s, '90s. But I, I didn't even think about the artist of that era. But I mean, yeah, definitely Maxwell. Definitely Maxwell. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Um, my goodness, you know. But um, 
yeah, Sam Cooke has influenced so many people, man. You know, too many people. Or you hear a lot of his, um, you know, his 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 qualities in a lot of singers of you know, yesterday and today. Hmm. You know, Q, I'm just really feeling like we dropped the ball on this one. I know I'm all about Sam. <laughs> I gotta agree with you. But you know what, T. Mitch, that's how you learn. Agree. I'm I'm definitely glad that we. We we do this every month, and I was waiting for that artist. I was waiting for that one artist to come up, and it's like, oh, that guy. Well, okay, let's see how we handle this one because we're not gonna we're not gonna know. So, but it, it, I, I learned a lot, and like like you said, knowing the name, my grandmother was a huge Sam Cooke fan back when you know we still had the vinyls, and she used to play on play the music on the record player. Mm. She was she was she was a big fan, so I was very very familiar with the name, and I'm just I can't believe it. Just like like you mentioned, and Q, you stop and think about it, man, Mike. We've done this for about four or five months now, and mm-hmm. I think Curtis Mayfield might have been the only person we did that didn't have a tragic ending. Yeah, we saw well, the stories. We had we had Tammy, we had Marvin. Yeah, well, you know, with Curtis, only thing about Curtis, what tragedy would happen to him was, was an unfortunate accident. You know, right. that's the only problem. Uh, I would say it was tragic. It was like an unfortunate tragedy, you know, you know that um, happened to him, you know. But, uh, yeah, and Curtis is also uh, Big Sam. Um, also, he, he, he said that Sam Cooke influenced him as well. Even though they nearly came out the same time, but Sam was, you know, wait a few years before him, you know, before he got into the music business, you know. Um, so yeah, Sam, Sam was just um, a very vital importance in black music and pop music, you know, because people like him had crossed over and helped black artists, you know. Um, you know, to cross over, it made it a little easier for them to cross over a little bit because of people like Sam Cooke. And then you have um, Little Richard and Lloyd Price and all the great pioneers who did that. Mm-hmm. You know, Fast Domino and all of them. So, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Absolutely. Now, two things I want to mention before we go. One was that um, his wife. She made a pretty bad mistake toward the end of their relationship with their child, didn't she? As for what Sam's what son or right? Um, nah. Wait a minute. I, I, before, it, we'll say your question first, and I can be able to answer. I, I, mean, I can't because it's coming back to me slowly. But didn't didn't his wife do something wrong or something that helped? Speed up them breaking up something with the kid. Well, I know that Sam had a son mm-hmm. that was just born, his son Vincent, and that really just nearly destroyed him. You know, that was near mm-hmm. toward the end of his life too. His son had drowned accidentally in the in the, right. in, the in the pool, right. and somebody had left the gate open. I think I don't know if, if Sam's wife accidentally left it open, or I don't know if the housekeeper did. You know. And Vincent had crawled outside and got in the pool and he drowned. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to tell you the uh, the uh, how they were trying to revive him. It's, it's really kind of eerie. It kind of gets to your skin, you know. Oh. And also I want to mention, speaking of, his, of Sam's siblings, uh, his daughter Linda uh, teamed up with an, uh, Bobby Womack's brother, Cecil, who passed away last year. Uh, they had a song called Baby I'm Scared of You And she became a singer <clears throat> So I don't know if you're familiar with Womack and Womack But there was a hit in, the, in 1986 And a lot of people don't probably don't even know That was Sam Cooke's daughter You know, wow. Lin- Linda Cooke That sang in that song, yeah So yeah mm-hmm. So I wow. wanted to mention that too That his siblings also had talent You know mm-hmm. As well, you know 
And also I want to mention too You played another song Bring It On Home To Me uh, The duet with that Was the great Lou Rawls Lou Rawls is doing it With Sam Cooke On that record I like Lou Rawls <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a name I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll be talking about On the show In the coming future Yeah I, I like Lou Rawls Well he's duetting With Sam on that one You know <laughs> And there was another one He did called Having a Party that uh, Lou Rawls and the gang got together and, you know, sang and had a little party in the studio there. So, yeah, I just want to mention that Lou Rawls also and him and Sam were like brothers. So Sam had asked him to sing on that particular one, you know, to bring it all home. To and then also, Smokey Robinson, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the song, You Really Got a Hold on Me. Yes. yes. Um, that came from bringing it all home to me. Uh, Smokey was inspired to write that song because of Sam Cooke's bringing it home to me. If you listen, uh, if you ever get a chance to listen to it again and listen to bringing it home to me, they sound very similar. But the reason being is because Smokey, you know, wrote that song here in New York um, in some uh, Motown business meeting, and he was staying in a hotel and he heard the song and he loved it so much. He wrote, "You really got a hold of me because of bringing it home to me." So I just thought I'd mention a little tidbit in that too. Oh, all great tidbits. So that's the influence of Sam. Well, Mike, you've survived another night with the two of us. <laughs> it's a pleasure, it's an honor. You know, I, I really enjoy doing this. It's fair. Thank you for having me. We definitely enjoyed. We definitely enjoyed learning. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, well, we'll go back into the the lab and try to dis- decide. We want to learn about next month. I right. think it's more fun not knowing the person. Mm. I don't know if that's a good thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. We have a good night, man. <laughs> Your brothers have a great night, and thanks for having me. Anytime. All right, anytime. Okay. Take care. Bye. Another show. Another week. I feel really, really good. I feel good, man. It's a really good show. I feel like, you know, just to have a feeling, you know, whenever a show goes exactly the way you planned for it to go, no hiccups. And, you know, the last time we had Mike on, we doing Marvin Gaye. We start having technical issues. We can't hear me. We can't play the music. Like, so, just glad that this went smooth. Learned a lot. And I already started Googling Sam and got iTunes up, so as soon as we get off, I'm going to dive back into that. <laughs> I hear that, man. Anything, any final things you need to announce, man? Kenny Wesley is going to be at the Denker House in Montclair on May 24th. I may be making an appearance at that show. Uh, still looking into that. That's the day after my birthday. Mm-hmm. So uh be looking at uh celebrating that entire week. And Q Man will be happy to know that I finally decided to really sit down, buckle down and finish my book. Alright. Really gonna sit down and knock that out. That is good news, man. So uh that's all I got, huh? Um, there's some other things going on in the world of the Neo Soul show and next video. XDL.com. So please check out XDL.com to see what's being new been posted on the site. T shirts and C D reviews and and performance reviews and all the other beautiful things that are there. And the music players being updated and the other things going on with the Neo Soul show. I'm gonna try to keep quiet until we get the confirmation and the okay that that's up and then we'll let all the listeners know about that beautiful venture. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sounds good, man. Ooh, I, hey, I'm going to Atlanta in September. That's good. I might go with you. There you go. Water seed. Let me know something. I'll be down there the Labor Day weekend. That's right. <laughs> Who we got on next week, man? We are going to see if we can surprise some people. We got some artists on our artist tracker that we're keeping an eye on. We're going to reach out to them and um, see what we can work out. You know, it's about that time where we take over and start booking everybody on the show again. Sounds good, man. Well, I guess that's it then. Mike Boone came on, did his thing again. We learned about Sam Cooke. 
We'll be back next week when we will try to do better. With T. Mitch and myself, x2dl.com. Check out the website. We're out of here. Good night, everybody. <laughs>